Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. So right now, we want to welcome to the platform, I want you to put your hands together for Dr. Cindy Trim. Hallelujah. We're so excited to be with you tonight and to continue on our series on the blessed life. So many people are praying to be blessed and they're expecting God to really bless them. But here we are presented in the book of Matthew chapter 5, one of the most amazing texts that will revolutionize your life. And it's just a pleasure to share with you. So tonight, let's just ask God to bless our time together. Our Father and our God, we give you praise and honor and glory. We thank you from everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God. I pray that you would think through my mind, speak through my lips. Let there be none of me and all of you. Father, we pray that you would continue to bless your people, that you will unravel the mysteries of the kingdom, and that you would use the principles that were shared with Jesus to, to really revolutionize our lives and our marriage and our business as we apply these timeless truths. I pray blessings upon those that will hear and I pray father for the anointing that will break yokes and lift burdens that you would give us life strategies so that we can surmount all of our life challenges so that we could beat the odds live without limits and without lids for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's go directly to the word of God from out of the book of Matthew chapter five. We'll be reading from verse number three. The Bible speaks about a crowd gathering in verse number one and two. And Jesus climbing up to the mountainside, sitting down, his disciples had come to him and then he began to teach them. Verse number three uh, introduces us to the, these, these declarations that he has made. We have already been through several of them. We've been through uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's verse number three. Verse number four, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Verse number five, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Number six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Verse number seven introduces us to the merciful. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. And tonight, we are going to be dealing with the sixth declaration of blessing and the pronouncement of blessing. And this is verse number eight, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see 
God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. In other words, you're blessed when you live with a clear conscience, because then you will be able to see God at work in your life. And so tonight I want to address you on a very simple topic, clearing the clutter of your conscience, clearing the clutter of your conscience. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. As currents of electricity creates electromagnetic fields connecting the positive and the negative charges, your thoughts create a similar field. Your positive thoughts attract positive attachments. Your negative thoughts attract negative attachment. So that makes your mind a belief engine upon which your faith in God has an enormous effect. Beside affecting your focus, it affects your overall lifestyle, your well-being, your decision-making, your problem-solving. And when we talk about an individual living by faith, you're living by faith in God. So your faith connects you to God. And therefore, your mind is the belief engine which connects you to God and good or to evil, depending on whether or not your thoughts are positive or your thoughts are negative. When we talk about a person living by faith, and scripture says, now the just shall live by faith, faith actually lifts the eyes of the soul from the clutter that surrounds them, from the facts that dictates to the average person. And then it, it focuses the eye on the unlimited resources that God has made available to each one of us. Faith. Faith helps us to focus on God. And whenever you have a focus on God, it begins to drive away your fear and your doubt and your frustration and your unbelief. These are the emotions that clutter, literally clutter your soul and clutter your conscious mind. The spirit of the mind, therefore, has to be renewed. And so when we're talking about blessed are the pure in heart, we're talking about the metamorphosis of the human mind until you're able to think the thoughts of God concerning your life. Your mind is a magnificent machinery that has been created by God. And it can either be used for good or it can be used for evil. And the scripture says that we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Have you ever heard the term mind over matter before? That means the mind or the spirit has a direct effect on the human brain, which is matter, which sends out these neurological impulses that imp impact every facet of your life and being. This is what Proverbs says, as a man thinketh in his heart. We want to make sure that there is nothing in your heart that is creating a magnetic force that is driving away good and bringing bad or evil towards you. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, when the Bible speaks about the pure in heart, he, God, I believe, is speaking about the things that motivate us, the things that we meditate on day and night. And these could be either meditating on the word of God day and night. The Bible says that God instructed Joshua, you should meditate on my word day and night. Therein you will make your way prosperous. Therein you will have good success. The secret to the success and 
prosperity in the Christian's life is hidden on what we meditate on. Now, it's interesting because when you deal with the imagination, this is a process that takes you into your future. The mind cannot distinguish uh, whether the intellectual impulses are being fired from the past or the future events. So it, because it cannot distinguish whether this is past or future, it begins to fire as if it is present and if you, it already exists. Now, there's something that I say to people, what's in you comes to you. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So your imagination is so vitally important. What's in you comes to you. These are your thoughts. These are your ideas. Genesis 11 and 6, if you will go there with me, please, begins to introduce to us to the power of imagination. The Bible said, and the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language and this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined. This is the power of your mind. Now, imagination is conscious activity. What about the unconscious activities? That means that this will have a positive or a negative effect depending on what you were consciously thinking of or things that you are unconsciously thinking of. That means that this is the premise for which modern scientists begin to speak about the law of attraction. The law of attraction teaches us that we attract into our lives whatever we focus on simply because everything is made of energy and because your thoughts are energy and like attracts like your thoughts are going to attract the things that are dominant in your mind that means that the energy created by your thoughts and your words even though we cannot see them they either are attracting or repelling the energy produced by what we see in the uh seen world but it's coming from a source that is unseen and that's your mental activities. In other words, uh, this, this energy, it, it responds to this vibration of thought and words. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number three, the worlds were framed by the words of God, by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were made of things which are visible. In other words, the things which are seen were not made by the things which are visible. In other words, there's an invisible source that is attracting things to you and attracting people to you. Not every Everybody is attracted to everybody. There are some people that are repelled by other individuals and attracted to other individuals. So here's the principle. A mind that is filled with faith is powerful, positive, doubt-free, and worry-free. That means that your, your, your mind is cleared of the clutter of worry. That means that good is attracted to you and evil is repelled from you. One of the things that is going to help you to begin to clear the clutter of your mind and your thought is your level of faith. Faith helps you to put everything in proper divine order and perspective. The Bible said, now the just shall live by faith. In other words, your, your days of struggle is over. Your days of failure is over. Your days of 
falling is over. Your days of surviving is over. And your days of striving is here. We've discovered something about people's mind. Especially once you engage in a relationship with certain people. You will begin to understand that what they believe about you is not always based on what you are doing or what you are saying. It's based on their paradigm. It's based on their worldview. And all of us have had some hard times. We've had hard economic times, hard financial times, hard relational times, hard personal times. All of us have a testimony of struggle where we were believing God for something, but something else happened. Something else came in our way. Somebody hurt us that we didn't expect to hurt us. Someone betrayed us that we didn't anticipate betraying us. Someone lied on us. Someone sabotaged us someone undermined us and we never ever anticipated that when that happens the brain automatically wants to ingest it and then wants to hold on to it as a memory this is what the brain naturally does and this is why when it comes to this particular and declaration. It means that we have some mental work that we've got to do. We've got some emotional work that we've got to do. In other words, whenever you go through a situation, whenever you're tempted, whenever you have trials, whenever you have a hard time, hard times has a way of changing and adjusting our perception, especially when it comes to intimate relationship. It is not what happens to us that shapes us and, and and determines the trajectory of our lives. It's our perception of what happens to us. It is the lens through which our brain begins to view the world to shape our reality. But if we can change this lens and turn it into something that is positive, I believe that the outcome, no matter what we are faced with, no, 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 no matter how hard times get, I believe that it can only turn out for good. Why? Because the Bible says all things work together for good to them that loves the Lord. Not only can you change the level of your happiness, but you can change every single facet of your life when you begin to understand that sometimes it's not what's happening to us, but we have so much clutter in our mind and so much clutter in our spirits, and it's time for us to to declutter our thoughts and declutter our emotions and get rid of the baggage that is causing a cyclic kind of experience that many of us are experiencing year after year relationship after relationship it means that if you can clear the clutter, clutter of your conscience you can change every single relational financial, social emotional, educational business outcome and you could do it one at a time and it's based on your own perception. It is based on your attitude towards your life and towards what is happening to you. In our text, we have a series of proclamations without a narrative. In other words, Jesus does not give a narrative, but he just makes a statement and it's a statement of facts. And one of the reasons why this is important, because he was teaching his disciples that you 
can live beyond the limitations of your culture, your religious experience, and man's expectation. And he was teaching them how to surmount those circumstances that were causing so many people to become bitter against the Roman government. And these were individuals that hated the Roman government. And what Jesus was saying, what, the more you hate, the more you're going to be connected, the more you're going to be bound. But if you don't want to be bound, you've got to begin to get rid of the hatred. You've got to get rid of the revenge. A lot of people are walking around with psychological incongruencies where they are testifying one thing or speaking one thing or saying one thing, but their morals and their values and their ethics and their intentions and their drives and their context and their perception is misaligned with heaven. But what God is going to do, he's going to bring alignment back to your life. There's a scripture that says in Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. And most people believe that that shadow is the devil, but it is not the devil. This is what Paul said. What can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? He said, none of these shall separate me from his love. That means the day you were born again, the devil, the devil could not get between you and God. Therefore, if God is a light and if a shadow is casted because of a blocking agent, that blocking agent cannot be a demon, a devil, or a deacon. The only thing that can create that shadow is you. That means that you are shadow boxing. A lot of things that we are blaming on the devil is actual residual matter from our past that God wants to deliver us from, that God wants to heal us from. It was David that said, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. And the Bible says that God desires truth in the inward part. And a lot of us are bound because we are hanging on to things that are true. It happened. It is true. They said it. It was true. They did it. It was true. But as long as you hang on to things that are true, it's going to create bondage especially if what is true is something that is negative what God wants you to do is to get your heart purified and to be delivered as he renews the spirit of your mind. That shadow that you are seeing is not coming from a demon. It's not coming from a devil. That shadow is coming from you. This is unresolved issues in your life. Bitterness and anger and revenge and unforgiveness is creating that kind of shadow. But this is what God said in 1 Corinthians 6 9 to 11 know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God and these beatitudes are about you living a blessed life as kingdom citizens he said be not deceived neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind nor thieves nor covetous nor drunkenness nor Rivalers, no extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. 
and such were some of you, but you have been washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of God. When it comes to clearing the clutter of your conscience, it is the work of the Holy Spirit. We need to yield that part of our lives to the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and when he enters into your life, he's able to reveal the deep things, yea, the deep things of God, but he's also able to expose the things in your mind, the things in your emotion and the things in your life that will hold you hostage and many of us are being held hostage. We are being held hostage by resentment. We are being held hostage by bitterness. We are being held hostage by unforgiveness. We are held hostage by doubt and fear and unbelief. But it's time to get rid of the baggage. It's time to let bygones be bygones. You've got too great of a future to allow your past to sabotage the goodness that God has prepared for you in your future. Many of us are misaligned in our emotions and we're misaligned in our mental state. And because we have this clutter in our spirit, it is clouding our mind and it is contaminating our soul and eventually it is skewing our perception. It is skewing our perception of things and people and situations until we no longer are living in the kingdom. But I decree and declare that even as God has delivered you from the power of darkness, I decree that the next deliverance is going to be the deliverance of the clutter soul. The Bible says in the book of Titus chapter 1 verse 15, if you can go there with me, please we don't understand the things that we are projecting on other people it's because it is secretly hidden in ourselves and I believe that this is a season that God is going to purify our minds and purify our souls why many times <clears throat> people are accusing you of things when in fact they are guilty of the same thing and they're hoping that the light doesn't shine on them and so they want to point out and project out hoping that people won't notice that they are living the very thing or the life that they are that they are uh, finding other people guilty of but watch this the bible says to the pure all things are pure but on to them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. The Bible said, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. I decree and declare that this particular text does not apply to you because to the pure all things are pure. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. That word pure means those that are unadulterated, those that are uncontaminated, those that are undiluted. That means that your mind, hallelujah, is, is, is filled with purity. It means that it, 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 there's an alignment with your mind and your body and your soul and your spirit. When we talk about purity, we are talking about someone who is virtuous. When we talk about 
purity. We are talking about someone who is moral, someone that is ethical, someone that is good, someone that is righteous, someone that is honorable, someone that is reputable, someone that is clean and honest and upright and upstanding and exemplary and chaste and decent and worthy and blameless and guiltless and unsoiled and undefiled. In other words, God wants you to be squeaky clean. He wants you to have a squeaky clean reputation. He wants you to have a squeaky clean name. In other words, it's possible for us to do it. If we allow God to sanctify our soul, if we allow God to sanctify our spirit, God wants our conscience to be uncluttered. And most of us have been trained to focus on the negative because of negative experiences that we have had in life. And that means that when we see people, we automatically believe people are evil and people are mean and that everybody in the church is a hypocrite except us. It is because our own conscience is not clean and our own conscience is not pure. When you have an uncluttered conscience, you will begin to see people from the eyes of God. You will begin to see God at work in individuals that you have never been able to perceive it before. And if you want to see God at work, it, the work must first start with you. And this is what Gandhi said that I must be the change I want to see whenever you have <clears throat> negative thoughts. It affects your, your how you perceive the word. And there's a term for this. It's called confirmation bias. In other words, uh, what you believe to be true or correct influences your perception of everything and everyone around you. It is like wearing tinted colored shades over your mind. For instance, let me give you an example. Have you ever been driving on the highway and you look at a certain car and a certain makeup car and a certain color of the car and all of a sudden you keep seeing one car after another before you never took notice of it but now when you take notice of it you begin to see that same color car the same style of car or the same makeup car that you've been um, considering or, 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 or focusing on I know when uh, I was driving a different kind of car. Those are all the cars I saw. And I saw it in blue and black and white. Why? Because I had uh, a certain bias towards a certain kind of car. But then all of a sudden, when my style of car changes, now I see the same style. It's called confirmation bias. In other words, your reality in your thoughts is coloring the perception of everything that is around you and it's happening at a subconscious level and this is what ha happened to Peter when God said to Peter in Acts chapter 10 verses 1 to 23 I want you to go to Cornelius house and he said oh no I can never go to Cornelius house because they're all unclean and he was, he was biased and he was prejudiced because of his religiosity and that means that if people didn't think like him that 
didn't worship like him, then they couldn't be any good to God. And God said, listen, whatever I have called clean, you cannot call it defile. In other words, if you want to change, hallelujah, your kinds of experiences that you were having with individual, you've got to change the experience that you were having with yourself. And, and, and when God begins to change you, how you view people will begin to change. And when you change the way you look at people, the way people look will begin to change. That means that God is working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He is purifying our heart and the purification of the heart actually starts with meditation on the word of God. And when you meditate on the word of God, God will begin the work of purification. His word is truth. God desires truth in the inward part and the truth is going to set you free. Now, as you meditate on the word of God, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 to 13, if you can go there with me, please. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 to 13, the scripture says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joint and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. In other words, God sees it. You don't need to hide it from God. God is not going to judge you. He just wants permission to help you. He wants you to begin to see him working in your family and working in individuals. Whenever God begins to bless you so that you can have your heart that is purified, it's God God promises blessed of the pure in heart for they shall see God in other words you're going to see God at work you're going to see God at work in your life you're going to see God at work in your home you're going to see God at work in your business you're going to see God at work in your marriage you're going to see God at work in your government you're going to see God at work in your family you're going to see God at work in your children you're going to see God work in your boss you're going to see God work in your demon possessed supervisor you're going to see God at work in your finances when you're when you're when your conscience is cluttered, you will begin to see God at work. Adam and Eve saw God at work in the Garden of Eden as he provided covering for their faux pas after God helped them to take personal responsibility for the part that they played in the colossal catastrophe of believing of the enemy as he raised a question about God's character, about God's integrity, 
about God's credibility and about God's sincerity. And this is what God is going to do for you. There are so many people that have planted negative thoughts in your mind about other people. And before they planted a thought that was negative in your mind, can you remember when you thought well of an individual, but someone raised a question about their integrity and all of a sudden your thoughts about them and your view about them change. It happens in the workplace. It happens in marriages. It happens amongst best friends. All you need is one person to plant a seed of doubt that would skew the perception of an individual towards you. I've often said That when you have two people that are close together and then all of a sudden one of them uh, without any explanation ends up uh, uh, moving away from the relationship where the relationship is on the rocks and is no longer working usually. When that happens, it is because there has been a third person that has been introduced in that relationship and they have planted a negative seed towards you or towards your family or towards towards your ministry or towards your husband. And when that happens, it is the devil. And those of you that are called into ministry, into leadership, be careful who has your ear. Oftentimes there are people that are demonically assigned and satanically assigned to move you out of your place of assignment because they want your place. There's a song that says they smile in your face. Then they want to take your place. They are backstabbers. And those of you that are honored by God to walk closely to a man or a woman of God, be careful how you protect your relationship with them. If it happened with Adam and Eve, where the enemy raised an issue of God's credibility, and as a result of that, they had an estranged marriage, and where, where, where Adam said, the woman you gave me, in other words, now we no longer are close, now we no longer have that relationship. Many of you know what I'm talking about, where you had a, back, a best friend, and then someone else came in and whispered something that was not true, and all of a sudden, there the those two are friends and you are no longer friends. It is always because someone has a hidden agenda. Their motivation and their intention was to never support the relationship you had. Their intention was always to get close to you to destroy you. They're like a snake. You've got to be careful of snakes that slither up. Are you with me? And they're slithering up to destroy your influence. And it happens happens in the workplace as well where you have influence with the boss and some of the people that are around you are smiling in your face but behind your back they are stabbing you. They are raising question about you being as good as you are. Why? Because they have clutter in their hearts. But God said don't take it on. Don't be revengeful. Don't fight them. Just as long as you are pure in your spirit, you're going to see God at work. You're going to see God at work. The Bible said, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. You take the speck out of your eyes. Don't walk around with a long telephone pole uh, trying to take the toothpick out of your neighbor's eyes. You take care of yourself. Everything that is happening to you is revealing something that is in you. 
And if all that is in you is Jesus, all that's coming out is Jesus. But if something else is coming out, it is because God is not going to condemn you. He's raising the issue and putting a spotlight on you. I remember, blessed are the pure in, 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 in heart, for they shall see God. I remember when I first started pastoring, I don't pastor anymore. But when I pastored, I pastored for 15 years. And the first seven years of pastoring was for my deliverance. And I remember there was one lady in the church. She was the big, big troublemaker. And I said, God, look, I don't need you to intervene with this lady. I can handle her myself. Because, you know, I used to tell them, look, if, if you don't want to align yourself, there's the door. Make sure it doesn't hit you in the butt going out. And God said, you are a pastor. You cannot talk to your congregation like that. <laughs> so there was this one lady that got under my skin. I mean, really under my skin. And she was the biggest troublemaker. I, I operate in the gift of discerning, discernment of spirits. And I also operate in the prophetic. So the discernment of the spirit was kicking in. And I saw the motive, the intention. I saw the whole thing. And so... I couldn't say anything to her because God wouldn't allow me to at that particular time. So because I didn't say anything, I decided, okay, I know how to fix her. So I would walk in church and I would speak to the person on the right of her, the left of her, behind her. How you doing? How's your baby? How's your grandmother? How's the ant farm? How you doing? How's your car? How's your dog? How's your cat? How you doing? How's your job? How's your business? And she'll be right there waiting for me. And I would just turn and walk right by. And God said, you see? The reason why she's going to stay in this church is because I'm delivering you and not her. Y'all hear me preach about my sister Frida. I didn't know I could choke somebody. I didn't know I could get so angry with somebody. I didn't know somebody could, because I'm calm, cool, and collective. But I didn't know someone could push a button like my baby sister Frida. She's off the chain, I'm telling you, off the chain, off the hook, off the glass. So I'm the preacher. And one day she just got on my last nerve, so I had to tell her, I gave her good telling off. And the Holy Spirit chastened me. He said, you're the preacher. She's not the preacher. Go back and tell her you're sorry. I said, I'm not telling her I'm sorry. I'm going to tell her off again. I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. That's what I'm going to do. I didn't know that I could be so like gangster because she just pushed that button. But what God was doing, what's in you comes to you. He said, what is, what is reflected in your sister is secretly harbored in you, but you're too religious to let me at that. You, you want me to deal with your sister, but I'm dealing with you. Call her up and apologize. I said, apologize for what? I'm not, I'm not the guilty party. You know what the Lord says? You have the international ministry and not her. You've got more to lose. So I called her long distance and I said, you know, God just arrested my spirit. I was mad with you. And he showed me I was playing God in your life. 
that I thought I knew what was best for you and how you should act and how you should behave. And I want to apologize for playing God in your life. I want you to please forgive me for playing that role. I'm sorry. She said, that was a demon, wasn't it? Wasn't it? I knew it. Oh, I wanted to choke her. I said, it probably was, but I really do want to ask you for forgiveness. She said, don't worry about it. And I hung up and my heart toward my sister. She was an irritant since the day she was born. She was the youngest. You know how baby sister, she's just an irritant. That day, God cleared the clutter out of my spirit. Today, my sister is still the same. She's still unruly. She's still rude. She has flesh tempers, but she's my favorite. She hasn't changed, but how I see her has changed. Why? Because she's the kindest person on the earth. She fights for the underdog. I was blinded because I was irritated. And I couldn't see God at work through her. She wasn't as deep as me, no. But she fights for the underdog. She's the voice of people that don't have a voice. She's the kindest. She, ta she takes anybody that is an underdog and makes them feel amazing. She's, the, she's an amazing person. But I couldn't see it. Why? Not because of our personality, but because I had clutter, unresolved issues from the past. The clutter, the contamination. And today, before I could only take her in teaspoonfuls. Now I beg her to go on vacations with me. Please come on a vacation with me. Here is some, I just took a teaspoon. She has not changed. What changed? I changed. Because it was never about her anyway. It was about me. And as long as I did not allow God to work in my life. Back to that woman in the church. I wanted to just lay hands on her with the five-fold ministry gifts. Just tell her you were wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace is upon you, and by my stripes you're killed, I mean healed. I wanted to just, and stuff her under the podium. And if God says, where is sister so-and-so? I would have said, am I my sister's keeper? I found out what God was doing. I didn't know that there was residue on the inside of me until God introduced that personality. A lot of times we don't understand why certain people are in our lives. They're in our lives to expose areas that God wants to deliver us from. Blessed are the few in heart, for they shall see God. And I tacked on the other part. You're going to see God at work. 
Abraham saw God at work in his personal life. He himself received personal deliverance from social conditioning and cultural control over his mind and destiny. Grace collided with his life and delivered him until he became a new creature in Christ, until he became the father of faith. This is Abraham. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God at work. Abraham saw God work as he delivered Lot and his family from a city on fire. Sarah saw God at work as he healed her from barrenness after she addressed her lack of confidence in the ability of God to make his promise good. The children of Israel saw God at work as he suspended the laws of nature and opened up the Red Sea after they began to trust God's selection of a leader for their lives. Rahab saw God at work as he delivered her from prostitution and gave her a husband and awarded her a position as one of the four parents of Jesus Christ who and accepted her hallelujah as she was converted to Jewism. Ruth saw God as work at work as an immigrant living on the fringes of society, having to survive on a minimum wage and she found her right place at the right time and when she did, God gave her so much favor that she marries the wealthiest man in her day. The disciples saw God work in a storm that threatened to destroy their lives and Jesus showed them that their only fear was a contribution to the factor that the storm was brewing on the outside because there was a storm brewing on the inside and when Jesus said peace be still he was not only speaking to the waves and the fury and the confusion without he was speaking to the confusion within Peter saw God at work as he walked on the waters he had to get out of a structure which is a boat and the clutter of the common and give up group thinking and there were so many of us that are guilty and we are held captive of group thinking. This is not only within church and within ministry, but it's also in our families. Some of our families don't want us to think independently, but God can deliver you from group thinking. I decree and declare God is going to give you the faith to go out on the limb. I decree and declare you will no longer be paralyzed and you are going to go for it no matter what your family members say no matter what your friends say John the revelator saw God at work after being beaten and left for dead God opened up the heavens when he understood that all things work together for good you may be beaten and left for dead emotionally you may have been beaten down and left for dead financially but the heavens over your life are opening up and from the day onward you're going to live with an open heaven Elijah saw God at work as he set fire down from heaven after taking a stand against the prevailing anti-God hallelujah culture that he lived in and I decree and declare that you will understand that as you trust God he's the God God that answers by fire. Elijah saw God as work as he gave a nation an overnight success. I decree and declare you will clear the clutter 
of your soul and of your spirit and of your mind. You don't have to worry about whether or not you are going to be successful. I decree and declare you are going to be an overnight success. I decree and declare financial and economic breakthrough. Jephthah saw God at work within a community that once rejected him. They had to return and they have to accept him. He he had to overcome resentment. He had to overcome bitterness. He had to overcome revenge. I decree and declare you are getting rid of the need to revenge, the need to get back at someone. And I'm not saying this is easy. It's very hard because the mind and the brain does not want to give up that easily. They cause you to suffer, so you want them to suffer too. But I decree and declare it shall not be named amongst you. God began to work in Jephthah. And when God worked in Jephthah, God turned things around. He was overlooked in one season, but the next season they looked up to someone that was once overlooked and he became a leader. He overcame the resentment. He overcame the bitterness. He overcame the revenge to become the head and not the tail, to become first and not last. I decree and declare that even as his family and his community rejected him, but God had a greater plan for his life and I decree and declare even if you've been rejected by your family and rejected by your friends that you will let that go and say God has a better plan and a greater plan for my life. I decree you will not allow bitterness to sink in because someone rejected you. There are more that are for you than those that are against you. Joseph saw God as work as he rose to the top to be become prime minister over a nation after God refined his character through a series of misrepresentation and misunderstanding and rejection and ridicule. I decree God is delivering you from the hurt of being misrepresented, from being misunderstood, from being rejected and ridiculed. It may have hurt you, but you're going to let it go from out of your spirit. What have you experienced in the world? workplace? What have you experienced in your home? What have you experienced in your ministry? Who has overlooked you? Who has misrepresented you? Who has lied to you? What is your family dynamics like even as God calls Joseph to rise up in spite of the rejection and the misunderstanding and the misrepresentation? I decree and declare you are over coming by the blood of the lamb. Jacob saw God at work as he struggled with his own personal demons to overcome a stigma that had plagued him over his life. I decree and declare you are allowing God to deal with your reputation. I decree it is being a sponge. It is being cleansed. Yes, you did it, but all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I decree 
every false label is broken. I decree every stigmatization is broken. You are wrestling and when you wrestle with God, you are coming out different. You are coming out stronger. You are coming out better. You did it and it's true but thank God for the grace of God that goes into your past and then it cleans up your past but God also uses that grace to show you a brighter future. He takes a snapshot of that and he comes back to your presence so that you have an opportunity to make adjustments in your behavior until it is in perfect alignment with God's original plan and purpose. I am here to announce that your past has passed. Those things have been left behind. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. God is going to show you his hand. He's going to show you his work. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God at work. Isaac saw God at work as he defied a global recession and turned the tides of his own finances to become a multi-millionaire. I decree and declare you are not going to be worried whether or not you're going to make it through this season I decree by the grace of God, God recession proofs you, your business is recession proof, your ministry is recession proof your bank account is recession proof, your home is recession proof, God is going to bring you through God, hallelujah, is at work, even though you may not see it, God is working the day shift, but he also works the night shift too. Job saw God at work after losing everything. 52 days later, he was given double for his trouble. He trusted God and he never blamed God. I don't always know why things are happening. All I do know is all things are going to work together for good. I decree and declare you will trust God and in this season, God is going to give Give you double for your trouble. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. You're going to see God at work. Joshua saw God at work. As he shouted the walls of Jericho down. Gideon saw God at work. When outnumbered by a military. That had brute force. He had to overcome self-doubt and self-reliance on natural resources. And many of us have become so reliant on natural resources that we have etched God out. But I decree and declare some trust in chariots, other in horses. You're going to remember the name of the Lord, your God. Mary and Martha saw God at work when God sent Jesus to resurrect the brother from the grave. Esther saw God at work. Daniel saw God, saw God at work. I love this story because he was in a hostile environment in the workplace, but he defied the claws and the jaws of lions in the lion's den. He overcame a hostile environment. He went in to the lion's den one way, but he came out leading the pack. And you may go in one way. You might be in a hostile environment. You may be the one that's refusing peer pressure like the three Hebrew boys. You might be like Hannah. 
that in spite of domestic altercations, the purity of her spirit allowed God to work in her circumstance. When God brings purity in your heart, judging nothing and no one before their time, you will see God at work. And this is important because a lot of times we put judgment on things in people. The things that I thought was actually moving me away from the will of God was actually bringing me into alignment with his will. Hindsight is always 2020. And so I've learned in my life to judge nothing and no one before it's time. When you deal with Joseph and his brothers, he could have hated them. But this is what he said. You meant it for evil. But God meant it for good to save much people alive. And so when you're going through your circumstances and you're going through your situations, it's all about what God is doing in your life. And as you begin to clear the clutter from off of your mind, the Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness, and high places. The scripture also says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the tearing down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every high thing that lifts itself against the knowledge. Whenever we talk about strongholds, a stronghold is not just one layer, it's multiple layers. We call that stratification. And so when God begins to blast the clutter of your subconscious mind, you get through one layer, and then there's another layer, and he's going to blast that. Then you get through another layer, and he's going to blast that. And he goes, you get through another layer, and he blasts that. It's multi-layered. So once he's able to get through the residue of your past, he begins to cleanse it until Philippians 4, 8 and 9 is your state. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. Here's what you're going to replace all the clutter with, all the negativity with, all the animosity, all the competition. One of the things I've learned is this, that nobody could take my place. Because that place is in a realm, and the realm is spiritual. So they may strip me of a title or even a position, but I can just stand back like this and say, help yourself. You're in a natural position, but I'm in a spiritual realm. So I don't fight. I don't clutter my spirit with any kind of strife. Why? Because I understand that the remedy starts and ends by knowing that God is at work. It may not be like I want it to be, but somehow he causes everything to work together for good. 
So when you clear the clutter, what do you replace it with? You replace it with the fruit of the Spirit. God will never change your personality. But what he will do is refine your temperament. And he refines it with the fruit. I decree and declare that as God begins to work in you, as he begins to identify those little foxes, because it's the little foxes that spoil the vines, as he allows you to go through circumstances, as he brings certain people into your life, when they start pushing buttons, don't, don't point out. Point in. It is God at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Our Father and our God, we pray that something that was said tonight will challenge us to go beyond the surfaces of our lives, to stop the blame game and stop projecting, to place ourselves in a position before you where we are open and naked, where you can heal us, where you can deliver us. Show us, Father, the next level of our deliverance, the next level of our healing, the next level of our breakthrough. Because we want to clear the clutter of our conscience. We forgive others, but we don't forgive ourselves. We're able to see how other people have wronged us. But are we able to see how we've wronged others? We want others to apologize to us. But are we prepared to apologize to others? We blame other people for how we feel and how we messed up. And we refuse to take 100% of the responsibility. But I decree and declare today, our lives change. Purify us. Wash us by your word. Shine a light in our lives. And let us not be afraid. Father, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because you are with us. And as we stand, we refuse to shadow box. Father, we open ourselves now to be healed and to be set free. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.